Welcome to the ArcaSpeak podcast. I'm Evan Troxell. Each episode, Neil Pan, Cormac Phelan, and I have a casual conversation about all things architecture, and we invite you to listen in as we talk about everything in the profession, both the good and the bad. Maybe you're considering a career in architecture, you're still in school, or you've been around the blocks of Corbusier's City of Tomorrow more times than you'd like to admit. Join us in the studio as we stand around the water cooler and talk about why we love our chosen profession. It's time for some Arcaspeak. Welcome to episode 61 of the Arcaspeak podcast, recording from the AIA convention in Atlanta. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And this day two convention episode of Arcaspeak is sponsored by ArcCat. Yeah, so uh, instead of doing our normal read for ArcCat and telling you how great they are, which go back to some of the other shows if you want to know how great they are because and listen to that one, we actually got a chance to go to the uh, ArcCat booth. Um, meet these guys, uh, meet our sponsors, and what a great bunch of guys these people are. They do a fantastic job. We got to learn a lot more about them, and we got to learn why we actually love them even more. Um, what do you think, Evan? Yeah, it was cool to meet Bill and Casey, and they've got, it's a family business, and I was really impressed with just how much they're trying to add value to what we do. They're asking a lot of questions. How can they do things better? What can they change? They've got some really great ideas in the pipeline. Um, so there's all kinds of neat things going on with RCAT, and it just it made me think, like, everybody needs to stop by and just say hi to these guys, and they will ask you for your input. And I think that as a resource for architects, this is a, a really cool thing. Right. I mean, you know, we, we always tell you, go visit RCAT see what they're about. I mean, the value of being able to pull together details and specs and things like that, you know, sure, that's it. But this is a company, you know, a family company that is really trying to make it better, enrich what we do every day. And just, you know, take, you know, we we talk about how, oh, we got to do specs and this and that and everything else. We had this great conversation they're trying to make it as easy as possible. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And they're not looking to get a subscription out of an architect, right? They're they're offering all this stuff up for free. Right. They don't make their money off architects, but they're offering this as an amazing resource. Yeah, so definitely go check go check these guys out. Their website is uh, arcat.com. And if you're here at the convention, go talk to Bill and Casey and the rest of their team there. They're at booth 2419. Let them know you heard about us uh, or heard about them on the show. And uh, they do have that giant glowing red A. Go take your picture under the A. Yeah, you can definitely, you will not miss it. (laughs) All right. Go get your selfie under the A. That's right. And if you get your selfie under the A, tag it with ArcaSpeak, let us know so we can can show it. Maybe we'll put it in our show notes for tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Thanks, ArcCat, for the sponsorship. Absolutely. And and this episode is also brought to you by the Architect Exam Prep. For those of you not yet licensed, the Architect Exam Prep provides an affordable set of study tools to help you conquer the AREs. The study guides are proven to get you passing the exams. How do we know? Our listeners have told us. 
Help yourself pass the ARE by visiting our Pass the Architect Registration Exam page at arcaspeakpodcast.com slash ARE and use the link provided there to purchase your study guides. And make sure you use that link at arcaspeakpodcast.com slash ARE so Arcaspeak receives credit. And thank you to Architect Exam Prep for sponsoring this episode of Arcaspeak. So, guys, what's the what's the reaction after day one? We had a long day yesterday, right? <laughs> it was a it was a very long day. Yeah, it was uh, followed up with a chaser of some uh, um, some Advil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say alcoholic beverages. Well, that too, but you know, it was I had to drink something when I was taking my Advil. <laughs> yeah, it's still before six my time, so I'm still. Dragging yeah. through this cup of coffee here. I, I, I definitely am like enjoying watching the tables turn on you guys. <laughs> I finally get to work on my time zone, and you two are like sucking wind. <laughs> no, no, Evan's sucking wind yeah. here. Oh, I'm doing just fine, actually. Fine. I woke up. Uh, Says the guy. Five minutes before six, my normal time. I wake up. So he I'm woke good. up five minutes before six with a huge cramp. <laughs> okay, not everybody needs to know that. <laughs> In other words, hydrate more. So if you're at the show convention, drink lots of water. Um, so yesterday started out with the, the keynote address, right? I don't know. To me, it started out with a huge bang with the that awesome marching band that came in doing the drum thing. Uh, that was really cool. There was a lot of energy in the room, I thought. Um, well, there were 7,000 architects in the room, like in the basement of the convention center. It was the basement. And, and you were you were looking for the exits. With, <laughs> with two doors in, two with doors out. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem uh, safe. <laughs> no, not at all. Especially, I think it took us about 20 minutes to even get out of the room. Yeah. I don't know how that got twenty minutes the fire to code, but look around to figure out a quicker way to get out, only to realize there isn't. Right, exactly. And there was an ominous hum of the air conditioning oh. the whole time. And I was like, what is that sound that's just coming to kill us all? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I'm going to be going to a seminar uh, today about um, how to reduce uh, classroom noise um, or reduce noise HVAC from noise. HVAC noise in a classroom. And I think they should have taken this because, yeah, it literally oh. sounded like there was hovering helicopters over the keynote speech. Or, or like an avalanche was coming. Or just it, it was slowly just, and all you were doing was waiting You're for just it. watching the movie unfold and you know there's that sound, that cue that something bad is about to happen. <laughs> That's what was the underlying of the whole keynote. Yeah. So, so we're not thrilled about uh, the Atlanta Convention Center, or at least that room, it's, right? It, it's seen better days. It, it's yeah. definitely an older you know, convention center and, you know, and I, and with all of the redevelopment that's going on around there with the new stadium and everything else, I, you can almost bet that a new uh, convention center's on. on well, at least a ref- yeah, a redo. Yeah. So why were there 7,000 people in that room? Well, everybody was there to see Bill Clinton speak, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And yeah. so he didn't come on for at least an hour oh, after the that. keynote started because... Uh-huh. But and honestly, I mean, we'll get to this. I think that the the stuff that happened before him was probably the highlight of the keynote for me. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So so first up, I mean, Robert Ivy and his message was tell your story. Yes. Right. That was a big. 
I, I guess maybe the next part or the current part of the I Look Up campaign. Um, so there's the hashtag online that architects are using saying I Look Up. So it's hashtag I Look Up, all one word. And I've been seeing that a lot. Yes. I think that that hashtag, what's amazing to me is even with the Equity by Design, where they their winner of their hackathon was really about a hashtag, right? Mm-hmm. And so now there's this hashtag because you can see the power of social media throughout the show. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll get to that in a minute, right, <laughs> with the tweet up. But uh, <laughs> uh, this hashtag really has taken off. I think a lot of architects are using it. But I thought it was cool that they said, tell your story, because I tweeted, well, that's what we're doing, right? That's what ArcaSpeak is all about. It's about telling the stories of what it's like to work in the field of architecture, what it's like once you get out of school. And, uh, and we get a lot of great feedback because we do tell it how it is. And so telling these stories, and that's actually my favorite part of the whole profession, is telling the stories of working with clients and yeah, the yeah. process that we go through with the buildings and what, how excited they are to have gone through that process. And right. the projects that get those stories that happen are by far the highlight of my career, I think. Yep, and then we also had, what, the gold medal award winner? Well, we also, well. first we or had uh, Edward Masria, right? Oh, and, yes. And oh, he yeah. was given, I wrote it down here, the Edward Keeper Award. And uh, I think that the biggest thing that came out of his, I mean, he's very well known. He's the Architecture 2030 Challenge guy, um, which he probably doesn't want to be labeled that. But, I mean, that's, everybody knows, I think, what the Architecture 2030 yeah. Challenge is. He was the guy who started to basically force architects to start thinking responsibly about sustainable design, you know, the, this whole green trend. That well, he created a cause. Yes, exactly. He created something for architects to rally around because, and I think it was evident in his speech because he said, I mean, people came to him and said, why are architects adopting this so fast, right? And, and so I don't, he didn't have to convince anybody, right? right? Everybody was ready to do this. He, he said that it was some huge percentage of architects jumped on the 2030 challenge within a month, oh, yeah. right? And, and really the quote that I took away from it was that he said, architects are optimists. And so it was natural. Uh, it was just something that everybody wanted to do already. And so, I mean, this guy is, is the rock star of the green building, uh, the 2030 challenge. So. Right. It was really appropriate, I think, that he won that award, and oh, yeah. uh, it was it was he told a really cool story about what he learned through his dog passing away, and it was it was just a really well done story, I thought, and so it really did fit in also to the tell your story part of the uh, the I Look Up campaign. Right. I think one of the great things about the I Look Up campaign that you know is just for me is the whole visual learner kind of guy and the you know always looking at stuff as inspiration for sketching and everything else is that you know just the simple way of telling a story through a single shot when you're posting it on um, Twitter or you know Instagram or whatever I mean like the shot that you took at the Marriott Marquis and the John, the John Portman building and you know 
all of the responses that you're getting back is, is really positive because, you know, it's just a simple one view look at that, you know, in this. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think I even tagged it with I look up. <laughs> you should, you should, uh, I guess I probably can. would have. Uh, yeah. I still could. But I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it's just that, you know, we all have kind of like this view and it's kind of interesting for me to kind of look at how people use the hashtag I look up on just a simple one image yeah. and what is that image and you know kind of what story were they they trying to accomplish with that view and I mean, it was just, it's just kind of fun I mean I know that that's not the whole thing I'm distilling it down to like you know how people are using it to like you know put up an image or whatever but I just think it's kind of really cool because I can I really do get the thousand words out of the picture yeah. you know we also have to say that he uh Going back to Robert Ivy for a second, he did give us a shout out. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he said Arca speak. He said I don't think he meant it. He how, how we he, he didn't want it for him. us, but, <laughs> but but and it was clearly pointed out by a few people who who tweeted to us that you know Robert Ivy said no Arca speak. <laughs> yes, but, Mark, we're talking about you. But I think it was. K N O W that you need to know Arca speak. That's right. <laughs> I like that interpretation better. So who? Uh, see, we had the gold medal award winner. Yeah. So that was Moshe Softy. Yes. And I thought his speech was great. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And just to see his body of work and some quick snapshots is just totally amazing, right? It's what everybody aspires and dreams to do. And I, what I loved was that he, he, he really also talked about the sustainability aspect and building contextually. Um, one of the quotes he said was, glass towers in the desert are like igloos in the tropics. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. Right? He's, he was talking about context and designing, especially urban architecture, yeah. and giving it a context, like a real context, and also not not over-densifying, right? Yeah. Well, I think uh, that's one of the big things that, that we've learned that doesn't work is... You know, you don't get air, you don't get sunlight down to the street level, and so the cities start to become unsustainable. Right. Well, I like that he also said that, you know, he thought, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was him, that he believed that AIA shouldn't just be called, you know, AIA, but also, like, you know, American Institute of Architects and Urban Planners. Yeah, urbanists. Um, or, urbanists. Urbanists. Yeah, yeah, urbanists. And, you know, to, you know, be able to know and understand the context, I'm, I was kind of, you know, wondering if, like, the new urbanists were like, yeah, it should. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, because, you know, they, they always feel so on the fringe of things. And, and honestly, the, the trend of development and movement are exactly what I learned from the new urbanists, like, 20 years ago. And, you know, it's now just coming into play or, you know, people are finally recognizing that, Wow, they were right, and you know, and, and and they always feel like they're on the fringe of you know this profession, and kind of almost say, eh, you know, screw off, you know, kind of thing, and and um, you know, for him to say that, I was wondering if, like, say there might be, you know, Andreas Duani down in Miami was probably thinking, that's right, you better recognize, <laughs> you better recognize. <laughs> so he he ended his speech with. A poem that he wrote, which was in a book that he said he published 30 years ago. And I won't read the whole thing, but if you look it up, if you just look up Moshe Safdi poem on Google, you'll find it. And it's it's a really nice little thing. And, and ba- you know, the, base, the basis of it is that he who seeks truth sh- shall find beauty. And I thought it was, again, you know, no 
well, I guess the pun is intended. It was a beautiful way to kind of just end his and package his whole speech. It was yeah. really nicely done, and it kind of you kind of see the story arc of his career right. in, in that. I mean, right. you talk about somebody who's had a long, illustrious career and is really inspiring not just architects but people around the world. Uh, yeah. It's it's it was great. It was a, a really cool tribute. So. so then we had the big the big guy came out right. I mean that was Slip what away. everybody everybody <laughs> seemed to be waiting for. I mean everybody stood up and they had to make people sit down. Come and, on, the reason they stood up was because that thing was so packed with seven thousand. Oh. I don't think it was capacity for seven thousand people. No, but they were so packed in there that uh, we needed to stand up and stretch. <laughs> Yeah. It was tight. <laughs> no, everybody was there for Bill. And, it, and you know, um, he had some inspiring words. But um, I think the general consensus by a lot of people I talked to is they weren't fully blown away by his speech. What did you guys think? I thought he sounded uh, 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 very off. I mean, it was either the speech itself wasn't polished or it was a speech... Combined from multiple speeches that he's given, or cut and paste out the word something else and added architect, it just seemed very off. The entire speech, and at at the at the after he gave his speech, there was a Q and A session, and I noticed he had his hand resting on it or his head resting on. He his looked hand. relaxed. He looked no, yeah, <laughs> relaxed. He looked very tired. So I don't know if he well, so had just everybody else in the room traveled. <laughs> From a long ways away, or if he just wasn't rested, but I don't know, it just didn't seem like a, a regular Bill Clinton speech. Well, let me let me say one thing that was kind of like impressive, though. So we had the big, huge jumbotron behind us that was the you know the scroll, the, the, the teleprompter, speech, the teleprompter. Thank you, and um, and a lot of people were using that. Uh, everybody did. He didn't. No, there no. were no words on that thing because I looked back to see if he was like using. And no. you no, could, tell, you could he was, tell he was very. You know, he's given he the speech before. Oh, so, <laughs> but I mean, he memorized that, everything. But the thing that I find <laughs> impressive, especially you know somebody who really doesn't like talking in public, is like he's so fluid and so polished at the ability to just like stand in front of seven thousand people or stand in front of you know ten thousand people or one person and be able to kind of like talk to them. Yeah, you know, and all that other stuff. He did, yes, have that whole little, you know, kind of fist clamped, thumb out kind of presidential mannerism of like, yes, we're all, or at least Neil and I are kind of making that little hand gesture that he used to always make, making his speeches kind of like punctuating with the thumb up kind of thing. Cormac, I had never noticed this before until you told me before the speech, (laughs) and then I'm watching the speech and I'm like, oh my god, there he is, he's doing it. You didn't focus on anything else but his hand, thumb up kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. I thought a couple of things things chunks that I pulled out of his speech that I thought were really really good and I, I feel like I know people who I work with we need to work on this but uh, he said we have to stop thinking our differences are more important than what we have in common yes yeah. and I thought you know that that message of unity is so important in architecture it is something that has been severely lacking in the mm-hmm. profession for so long um there are so many people in our profession who who are not bringing the next generation in. We're not yeah. we're not ushering them in, t- 
taking them under our wing. It's more of a, a fear factor, right? Where it's like these, these, the new generation has these skills that I don't have anymore. And there's definitely like a, a buffer that's, that's been put up. And so I felt like that was a really great message. Well, that and the profession itself, you know, we've got this kind of weird rift of design philosophies and stylistic philosophies that has fractured this profession so much. You know, you've got people who are, you know, adhere to the classicism and traditional and contemporary and modernist and stuff. And I can't talk to you because you design traditionally. And I can't talk to you because, you know, you don't like modernist and all this other stuff. And it's, and we've created such a wedge between so much knowledge base in this profession. I mean, I learned a ton when I was doing residential and working with new urbanists about how to put together buildings, you know, in a more traditional manner that has helped out to strengthen, you know, my modern approach of things. And, you know, I, I would say that I learned more from the classical and traditional architect, you know, slanted architects in the way that I do modernism because of the way that they had held to such a rigor and you know his bills you know words couldn't be more appropriate for that but i don't think that you know the profession would be pulling that particular you know um thing but we should because we need to because there we're we're losing out on you know knowledge that will be going away yeah and you know not shared with the new people and yeah. you know and if 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 I'm not able to like pull it from them and I can't like you know transfer it down to the next generation who else will you know um, yeah and this is also a much bigger conversation oh, right yeah. this is a global this is what that's commentary on so many levels. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that his big thing though was, was Baltimore because he really spoke about yeah right yeah, yeah Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also he all of the stuff that he's doing with the global initiative over in Africa, and I mean there's there's so many ways that that, and I think he was just trying to bring it to to everyone's attention right. that we need to work together. Right, and it, it bled right into his next story that he told where he was talking about separating out the person with the highest IQ in the room and and putting them off behind, right? And he said, let's find somebody with the highest IQ. And he said, I'm sure someone's ready to volunteer right now, (laughs) right? And then he said, well, let's say let's find somebody with a 190 IQ and send them back in the room and let's ask them questions for two days and they get whatever they want for those two days, but they're all by themselves and he said, the rest of us can sit out here and be asked the exact same questions and be in these uncomfortable chairs. And he said, the group will always make better decisions than the individual genius. Which was interesting because then I was having a conversation with somebody after that or over lunch. And he disagreed with that because he's like, in our current state of affairs in this profession, if he's doing that scenario on in just architecture and I'm distilling it it's not exactly the conversation we had that there's so much fracture within architecture that the guy with 190 IQ will come up with all of the solutions because we'll be too busy bickering about you know this and that and the other and you know so no no Neil you're wrong you know and so we would just be, you know we would never really get to it and and I think it was you know probably a little bit of like 
just professional frustration. Honestly, I, I think that you know we we've all learned in our profession that you know we work better and projects turn out better. Sometimes they don't turn out as well as we want them to, but then they go in a completely different direction. But I mean, they're enriched by the collaboration. Yeah. yeah. I also liked his conversation about the low-hanging fruit. He didn't get into too many details, but I remember yeah. one specifically he talked about where painting the tops of buildings right. in New York just from black to the uh, painting them white. I think uh, it was about an 18 or 19 percent uh, decrease in energy usage, and that you know, taking people that need work and teaching them for an hour how to do this, you can put people to work and save money. Yeah. You know, at the same time, it's like, and he kept pushing for and CO2 bringing up emissions. Examples. I mean, it was, it was more than just emissions. money. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. that's part of the component, right? Right. right. Energy consumption. I mean, you know. The thing I think that that was the part of the speech. You know, he, he talked globally, you know, and he brought these, you know, big, broad stroke ideas and stuff. And I think that's where a lot of people were kind of lost because they wanted him to speak more specifically to them. And then when he started to bring it home with the low hanging fruit, I think that's when everybody kind of leaned forward in their chair and said, you know, hey, you know, tell me more. And you know, I, I think, you know, now that we're actually like talking about this and doing like kind of an effort action review of, of the speech, I, I think he kind of left it up to us to figure out what that low hanging fruit is. He gave us some examples. You know, like I was kind of hoping, you know, you know, here you are in front of a bunch of American architects. Tell him what you saw, you know, because he brought up, a, um, you know, some examples of like, you know, uh, you know, solar power in Germany and things like that. Well, you know, Germany is working towards being completely self-sustained by renewable energy. There's another country, and I'm blanking right now on the name, I think might possibly be Denmark, but that is purely renewable energy. And these are the low-hanging fruit that are easy to do. And I, I wanted him to kind of talk to the American architects and energize them and say, this is what you need to do. They're I mean, easy to do in a, you know, in a country the size of one of our states. Uh, well, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, if, but if since we had a cross-section of architects who are... Everywhere the, in the, the U.S. Right. They're the built environment influencers. Right. Energize them to go back and say, "Okay, Mister, um, you know, residential client, or you know, public school system, or whatever. We've got to do this. Right? You know, we're the ones who are going to have to have the energy to get out there and push these projects to make them better and all that other stuff." I think one of the challenges that we have as architects is convincing our clients that this low-hanging fruit is done normally. Yeah. in other parts of the world right. and and especially in the public sector where I'm working where they don't want to do anything right. like that right. Right. it is a really difficult conversation and I think that this would be a worthy thing for us to explore and maybe there's somebody out there who, who's a listener to the podcast who has ideas on ways to start to I mean ultimately convince the United States, the people who are building buildings in the United States, and I know that this is a blanket statement, but we need to move this conversation forward because we are shut down so fast. When yes. we bring up these ideas yeah. to our clients, uh, we, we need better ways to communicate this stuff. We need better ways to just make people aware that these things are so easily achievable 
because there's evidence that people right. are actually doing it in other parts of the world. A friend of mine went to Singapore, and he was like, you know, it is normal that there is a green roof on this building. It is normal that there is a giant hole in the skyscraper with a forest growing in it. Every building has that. What is the next question? Yeah. Right? It was, it was totally normal. But here, it is not like that right. at all, right. especially in the, the, the projects and the clients that yeah. I'm working well, with. Well, what's, what's their first question? How much is that going to cost? How much does it cost? How hard is it to maintain? Right. Yeah, and maintenance is actually even bigger. Ma- yeah. <laughs> yeah, designed by maintenance. So, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the pain. Yeah. So, so now what's funny is that here we are kind of doing this review of the speech, and we kind of left it somewhat, you know, disappointed. And now but we're actually, pulling a lot out of it. Now I'm actually more energized by the speech <laughs> than I was when we, you know, when we listened to it. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that, you know, and maybe, hopefully, there's other architects sitting in a room or around coffee right now because it's early and we need, all need it. And we're going to have another long day of, of walking around dealing with people. So we need the, the caffeine fix. But I'm hoping they're having this conversation, too. I think the biggest thing that I took away as far as just an overall feeling was that I didn't feel inspired by his speech. Yes. But I think there was the kernels in there of all these conversations that we can have now. And I hope that's happening. I hope that people didn't just listen and forget about it and go on with their day, but that it does trigger these conversations to be happening while we're here. Because this is, I mean, when when I go to a conference, I want to come back energized and inspired. And I feel like it's these kinds of conversations that are going to do that. Right. Yeah. I want to feel like I just left a Rocky movie. Yeah. I want to go out and I want to go punch something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that theme, there was more good news yesterday. Um, I I attended a a press briefing by NCARB, actually, and... um, they they actually have some very good news about the architecture profession, at least from what they're how they see it, which is in licensure and by candidates taking and completing the ARE. All of their numbers for those items are way up right now, and so according to their by the numbers report, which is coming out here uh, soon, but the preliminary numbers, everything is up, and they say it's proof that the profession is healthy and growing. And That's good. It looks like, I know from my own personal perspective, and it seems like in, in the job market in general, that is all true. And, yeah, yeah. and so this is, this is good. We've been in a large, long, dark slumber of, of our profession, and it looks like, you know, according to this, it, it's coming out. And, and as we come out of that, they also reported on a, a task force that they set up about a year ago to study the word intern. And how it's used in the profession, and what they're, how they actually um, use that word in their legal language uh, and description, and so they basically came back with a report from this task force that basically simply stated that the title of architect will be restricted to licensed individuals, and that for anyone pursuing licensure, any title held by the, those people does not need to be regulated by NCARB. And so essentially they're saying um, we're not going to be part of this intern debate. We're not going to regulate that term. And, um, and then also as a third term is the architect uh, emeritus 
title, which they're, they said is fine. It clearly states that they're architects, but now they're retired. Uh, that was clear, and that, that's okay. Um, but they're, they're kind of sidestepping, to a certain extent, the whole idea. They're saying, okay, we're not going to legislate what people that are not licensed are called you do whatever you want, and they're going to be working. They're going to be working on updating their language uh, in the future, and then going to all the different states and jurisdictions that uh, do govern the title um, and see about them. But that's a legislative process, and likely will take a long time to work through um, getting either that word accepted or not accepted, or, or just changing the language throughout all the different uh, licensing or governing bodies that, that, that do this across the country. So anyway, I, I, what are you guys' thoughts on, on that and, and what, they, what they said yesterday as far as intern and their, their use of that word? I've never not been... I've never been offended. Sorry, not. I've never been offended by the term intern because it almost has the same connotations as, um, you know, the engineering training kind of, um, the term that they use of engineering training or architect and training. I know we can't use the word architect. That is just, you know, you're still learning. And there's a lot of people who've spent their entire career not being licensed and feel offended by it. And here I am, the only one on the cast that isn't licensed and has got plenty of years very long in the tooth in this uh, profession and technically I'm still an intern you know I mean I'm okay with being called a project manager because that's what I am and you know it doesn't diminish my experience and education and knowledge and everything else um, it does however every once in a great while when I do get slapped in the face of saying you know you're still just an intern <laughs> to um have my have myself stop and reflect about why am I not licensed yet? Why has it taken me so long to get to this point in realization and stuff? And, and I know Evan, as the newly christened architect, can probably you know add a little bit more to it. But I mean, you know, I, it's this. <laughs> it's it's a little too PC to just say I just don't want to be called an architect, an intern because I went through college and I worked my butt off. It's like, but the learning process still isn't over, and it's okay to be called an intern. You know, I mean, do you need a hug? <laughs> Let's hug it up. <laughs> well, I, I was never called an intern. I mean, in the last twenty years of my career, I haven't been called an intern by anybody. Right. I mean, right. so you could say technically that I was, which is fine, but I don't think that that's a term that's used in the profession beyond people who are actually interning. Right. When they're in college doing a summer job, we will hire interns. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't think that title was exploited. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so to me, the, the big thing that I took away from them saying we're what they're really taking a stand on at NCARB is is the word architect and build LLC, who's on Twitter and they've got building, uh, they've got their blog, which is great. They took a, a stand on this as well. They they wrote an article a few months back where it says we're taking back architect. And what what and I think what this is also what NCARB is is saying is we're taking back architect. It's ours only. You yes. can't be a software architect. Right, you yeah. can't be you know whatever 
whatever other industry has co-opted the word architect to say that whatever they're architecting, right? It's it's been I don't know what the, it's it's just it's been diffused oh. out there. Everybody it's watered down because Do you, so many other people are taking it. and then basically NCARP saying, No, it's only for people who are licensed architects. Right. And do the do the web search, you know. And type in architect. Do a job search. Do, yeah, yeah job say, search. Does does our architect actually come up first? No. Hell no. You have to like swim, you know, swim through hundreds before you actually get to. Oh look, this is one that's actually for us. For architect. You know? yeah. So I thought that was that was a good stand, and and really I think with the press release that NCARD came out with yesterday, or that the the official press announcement is that we're here's what. Here's what we say we want. We don't know how we're going to do it. We want the industry to help us figure this out. And this is the beginning of a conversation. But here's our official stance, which is new. Right. Yes. Now, I do want to say one thing. I really want to be an architect. Um, Emeritus. Uh, I want to be the retired architect. You want to skip? <laughs> I want to skip everything and just go straight to being retired. <laughs> you just get your license and then you just call it quits. Yeah. Well, then hit the lottery. So if you if you have questions about this topic or want to talk to uh, NCARB uh, more about it, they've got lots of great people at their booth, which is 2145. So if you're here at the convention, go talk to them, learn more about it, be involved. Uh, they're doing some other great things as well concerning um, changing how they interface with uh, architects and those that are working towards licensure. Um, they're really um, trying to get out in front and, and be more proactive as an organization. So um, we encourage everybody to go talk to them. Again, booth 2145. Um, and, and I think they're, they're, they mean well. If you and talk long enough, you'll get a free T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they, and they have chocolate. Oh, yeah. They, they do have chocolate. chocolate. That'll keep you going on the show. You know, uh, when, you're, when you're walking around and you're feeling, you know, got a little bit of the hunger pains and you're, you can't find the coffee and you just need it, you just stop by there, grab some chocolate, and it was a great boost for me. <laughs> So the, the, one of the other things I wanted to bring up um, that we attended yesterday was uh, the tweet up, the, the AIA National tweet, tweet up. Um, I, I've titled it, I don't know, I think it's the death of the tweet up. Um, I don't know if we need these anymore. I no, mean, what, what, we, what actually Well, it doesn't happened, need to be an event. And it doesn't need to maybe be an event. What actually happened was... Uh, a number of us all got together at that tweet up and sat down and put our phones down and actually talked, and that was great. Yeah, yeah. but it was the inversion of the tweet up. It, exactly, <laughs> right? It was good. It, oh, was, it was good. Fantastic. It was definitely I mean, we, good. We met new people. I mean, we you know we made contacts and stuff. I thought it was fantastic because everybody was there and we're like you know phones ready in your hand and you know it's just like okay, what do we do? And then it was. I don't want to use the strong language of it was a bust because it really wasn't. It was the opposite. It was for a great. small group of people. It was, it yeah. was not yeah. a well attended. Yeah. It, bust it wise, it was not a well attended event. Right. And, and, and what the way they the way yeah. they kicked it off was super yeah. lackluster. Yes, it, that's true. <laughs> it was kicked off by somebody who knows nothing about social media, right? And right. and doesn't participate. And I feel like 
that is not the best effort right there right. On, the, on behalf of the AIA with this kind of thing. It, especially when they're pushing the whole I Look Up campaign. And so basically, right. the guy comes out and is like, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it seems like, yeah. Wow. And, Where do you and, go from there? So let me throw this out there. And you guys haven't heard this. It just popped into my head and it's going to just fall out. Next year, AIA conference in Philly. Tweet up should be emceed by the Arc Speak podcast crew. <laughs> we will bring it home and make it awesome. Oh man, that's the, uh, I'm well. Down the gauntlet. Okay, AIA. you can throw reach that us, down, but reach out to us. I'm wondering if because because I remember six seven years ago when Twitter was still kind of new, not a lot of people were using it. There were a number of tweet ups locally in my my yeah. town, and they were you know just small gatherings, but thirty forty people might show up and. That happened a couple of times, two or three times, and then they like slowly died. There, there, there are none anymore, and so I'm just wondering because people are tweeting all day long. Because and yeah. and it's popular. It's it's out there, well, and people are well. It's popular amongst a number of people, yeah. and they have millions, hundreds of millions. I think of one users, of the reasons that that's so lowly attended is because the name still sucks. Yeah, people don't want to be associated with a tweet up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's, that's it. I think that's part of it. It just doesn't sound like a attractive. It doesn't. It's not going to pull so, new so people. So tweet up needs to be rebranded. Re-brand. Then yeah. we need yeah. a rebranding of it. But I, I would agree with that. I mean, because the what actually happened was was a lot of fun. Well, it was a tweet up meetup. But <laughs> it, meet up. Um, it, it just I don't know if we need to have the tweet up anymore. What it was was it was a it was an opportunity for people who have a Twitter handle or an Instagram right. or whatever to see somebody else that they've known like, hey. and meet them in person. Yes. And that's really what the focus should be. The focus should not be keep using this hashtag, uh, right. thanks for doing the social media thing on the internet. Right? It's it's basically a, an opportunity to meet face to face and I think that's where we got the value out of oh, it yeah, yesterday. Yeah. And so the, the group that was sitting in the, the Barcelona chairs around, you know, and there was some wine there, I felt like that actually, it made me feel good about yeah. just knowing the people that I know, the people that, that we've reached out to, that have reached back. I mean, we had a follower, Klinger came, right? Yeah. Sat down, we shared a chair, and, and he, was, he was thrilled, right? Yeah. And so that was, that was super cool to meet him, too, because... We've had this back and forth, and I got to talk to him about my vacation last year, and he's from that area, and he, he was like, oh, yeah, I followed you on the trip, you know, and it was, right. to me, that's what social media is yeah. about, is about sharing our lives, and other people get to part, participate and reciprocate, and that was a very cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's how this podcast got started, actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and I shared that you know, story with uh, the, that one software developer you know, that's in my area. He's like, hey, I just started following you guys, and you know, we were talking about you know military service because he just gotten out of the Air Force, and you know, because he had noticed my bag, you know, that said U.S. Army on it and stuff. He goes, were you in the Army? And we chatted and all that other stuff, and kind of got to learn a little bit about him and you know some interesting things that he's doing. But it was just you know, it was kind of cool to like make the you know, that that contact, you know, yeah, because that wouldn't have happened no. otherwise, yeah, right? Yeah. It wouldn't have. All right, so I think that's a pretty good recap of day one. 
of uh, the AIA convention. So, uh, again, we'd like to thank uh, ARCAT and Architect Exam Prep for sponsoring this episode of ARCASpeak from Atlanta. And if you're here in Atlanta, please visit ARCAT at booth 2419 and let them know you heard about them on ARCASpeak. And visit arcaspeakpodcast.com slash A-R-E where you'll find the link to purchase Architect Exam Prep study guides that will help you conquer the A-R-E's. If you have questions or comments about this show or any of our other shows, visit the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com. And there you'll find links to our individual Twitter accounts and the Arcaspeak Podcast Facebook page. So you too can join in on this conversation. If you have a fun convention story to share, remember you can always call the Arcaspeak Podcast hotline at 415-484-8496 and leave us a message. And if you haven't already done so, please leave a review about the show on iTunes. Those really help spread the word about the program and help others in the architectural profession find it. And we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Arca Speak from the AIA convention in Atlanta. So stay subscribed and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.